0: This episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 333, for the week of Wednesday, the 26th of September, 2018. From I'm Really Not a Hoarder, I Promise Studios, I'm Scott. And with me tonight are... Adam. And Eddie. This episode is brought to you by Loot Crate, Mike's Comics and Stuff, and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our toys of the week are the Good Smile Company Figma Twilight Princess Link Deluxe version, the SH Figure Arts Majin Vegeta, and the Tweeterhead Superpowers Harley Quinn statue. Hey guys, I'm tiled and mildly hysterical. How are you? I'm less t- tired t- than you. Oh, yeah. Less tired? Or maybe the least tired. Uh-oh. That guy that tweeted that he thought I was drunk on an episode or tired isn't going to be very happy. I'm not drunk. I'm <laughs> very busy, tweeter.
1: Maybe a little high as well, but that's, that's
0: before the show No, stuff. well, I, I have to confess that I actually am on a bit of a sugar high, and the reason is that today – Um, In my office, a rather intense debate about the ranking of Arnott's Biscuits broke out. And we felt that the only way to actually resolve it was to have like a taste testing session. Um, Because we also discovered that there were baby humans in our office who didn't even know what an iced vovo was.
2: That's
0: disgraceful. Mm. I, I know. It was outrageous. That, so, in,
1: in fairness, as the representative of youth culture on this show. <laughs> uh,
0: I, <laughs> youth culture just. Um, but anyway,
1: <laughs> go on. Yeah. Uh, I, I suppose is are kind of, they're, they're your nana's biscuit. Like, yeah. Oh, I'll take that back. They, they, they kind of are. You, how, they come out of church.
0: I can't eat any more biscuits today. This is how this whole thing started. All right, so <laughs> and so by the end it was really funny because one of our lucky like, young associates was like, I-, "I have been so productive in the last hour because <laughs> I'm like on this incredible sugar high." <laughs> so there you go. But for the record of the of the biscuits that we bought, the Venetian came out as the most popular.
2: Which one's the Venetian? It,
0: they've got like a cream. With like um, passion fruit seeds, or, or but they're not real. Like on on them, um,
1: they weren't my. Uh, my favorite. I know the ones you mean. Yeah, yeah I really like weird them. They they're
0: nice though, but they they're, this is like
1: yeah. Yeah, Adam. They're kind of like TikToks if TikToks had seeds on them. That's weird. Do they have clock faces on them? No clock face to lick. No, It's graceful. What's your favorite
0: Harney's oh, well. biscuit, Any?
1: Oh, I a, a TikToks on it. I do like a good TikTok. I think so. Should be close in that. Uh,
0: and and besides, um, stack ranking on its biscuits. What's been happening in your life
1: that you? Uh, it's school holidays for me. Which, uh, if people have listened to this show for a while, they know when school holidays come around. I get. I become a grumpy bum, and just whinge, and These... basically.
0: Damn kids and families keeping me employed. Yeah, yeah. Yep.
1: Just I, I, I just become that Kevin Smith film character that just screams, "Somebody get that kid off the escalator!" That's that just becomes my. <laughs> <sighs> do you
0: do, are, do you believe that you could be like ever again be astonished by how badly or poorly people would supervise their children or not supervise their children or. Do you believe you've seen
1: uh, the depths of it? No, I, I cannot be shocked uh, anymore. Any in, in fact, like some quite serious ones where it's uh, parents now having to explain to emergency services what they were doing at the time. Uh, their children <sighs> did something or that because it's uh, not even little things. It's, yeah, things like escalators, a big giant metal moving machinery pieces and – Foot uh, pieces. Or mm. even just one of the big things uh, is uh, if you're driving a van full of kids and looking for a car space, please keep in mind that even though your car might just clear the height restrictions, once all those kids pile out of the car and you try to move it somewhere else, your suspension is now uh, going to lift that car and uh, you're going to get stuck in a car park. So I got weird things like that. That uh, oh my goodness, I feel like that was hypothetical. Yeah, no, things you'd never plan on dealing with for some reason always come up at this time of year.
0: Wow, that is crazy. I I feel like there are certain things that are an easy single that signal that people don't give a poop about their kids' behavior. Roller skate shoes, you know that is that to me. Is like a, I don't care about the impact of my child on anyone else. Also, child sized shopping trolleys. Uh, uh, they're just, you know, it's like a badge of uh, I don't care about the rest of the world if I let my child do this. Yeah. Fair?
1: fair? Yeah, that's enough on that.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Adam, what's your favorite Ernest biscuit?
2: I like a Monte Carlo, and I also mm-hmm. like the, the orange cream. I'm um, aware that the, the orange cream is not a popular choice.
1: No, yeah. I, I, I think the orange cream's an underrated one. I, on that uh, family cream pack, orange cream is probably my favourite.
2: I like the vanilla cream fingery one as well. That's pretty good.
0: I I find the colour of the Monte Carlo filling slightly off-putting. No, it's awesome. The it, whole thing. It just feels to me like something that shouldn't eat, like beetroot. You know, it's like, think think colours. Things this colour are not for eating, they're for they're candles or ornaments.
1: Not I do the, like the chocolate in the Kingston, though. I'm no, not Kingston. a fan of the Anzac, the biscuit pub. It's good.
0: I, I've always thought the Kingston was the crown jewel of
1: the um, no.
0: family. No, no, the that's,
1: that's, that's the royals. The royals. No, the it's royals. the Monte Carlo. It's lots. Yeah.
2: you how rich people live. In Monte Carlo. They yeah, don't but, live in Kingston, Jamaica. They live in Monte Carlo.
1: But the royals are the royals. Like, it's, <laughs> it's in the title. They're the royals.
2: Hilarious. Yeah, of, like, some poor third-world country.
0: <laughs> wow. So, see, like, I did not realise until today that, you know, I now – I think we need to add to the list of things that you shouldn't talk about, um, you know, politics, religion, and are not biscuits because – That they like it's obviously a highly emotive thing. I just thought that it was the weird people uh, collection of characters in my office, and here we've had the same spirited debate without the taste testing.
1: Um, so welcome to Arnott's Food Blues podcast. Amazing, you know, actually, speaking of weird, uh. Things of in terms of interactions with people and Arnott's biscuits. Uh, one of my favorites. is not
2: sayos, is it?
1: My dad uh, oh, used to look after the, the church bingo, and um, he would often buy the like Arnott's family packs of biscuits for the tea and coffee table in it. And one of the old bingo player ladies came up to him one day and said, "You got to start getting different biscuits." And he's like, why? Like I, I buy that, you know, I buy these out of my own pocket to put through. what's wrong with these ones? She goes, My dog's getting sick of these ones. She was pocketing. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> apparently Fluffy was uh getting a bit sick of uh constantly getting the arrow roots, so uh, she wanted some different
0: <laughs> Well, look, I may mean, I have to say, I think like you know, the, the um, family assorted versus family assorted creams is, you know, a very heated debate. Um, so, look, if, if you have strong opinions um, about biscuits, and for um, our American listeners, we are talking about cookies, not about, like, your biscuits and gravy. Biscuits. Right. Uh, your, yeah. And uh, so if you'd like to, you know, tell us your favorite cookie. Um, then you can do that too. Um, speaking of bizarre things, uh, by now you might have listened to last week's show with Adam and I. Um, and <laughs> <laughs>
1: that,
0: and I, I, I feel that there's like certain combinations. You know, like you have like, you know, that certain person at work, whatever, that you can't sit next to them in meetings because you just can't behave together I feel like that's what happens whenever Adam and I do a podcast which is the truth of us so um, uh, it was fun I don't know if it it's fun to listen to um, but it was fun to do <laughs> and um, if you and I just also want to say as well that if the uh, whole bifurcated poo um, incident has Uh, disturbed you, (laughs) then I promise that, well, I I can only speak for myself when I say that right now is the last time that I'm going to say bifurcated poo um, on this show. Um, Well, sorry, in this this segment, at least, and um, that we have no intention of it becoming a thing and any rumors that we might be changing the name of our show to bifurcated poo blues are slightly exaggerated. You just said it again. Yeah. Damn it. See, the thing um, is, like, when when we thought it would be a good idea to have Adam on this show, we had like you know a good few years of forum posts to in
2: which I'd lowered the time.
0: <laughs> I know. In which, like, you
2: know, <laughs>
0: like bifurcated poo would have been like a slow day, and you know, so we're only ourselves to blame. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. Eddie. Obviously, you know you're going to bring. Even though you are the, um, you know, voice of youth culture on the show, you also have to be the voice of reason tonight because it's Adam and me, and I'm uh, on a Arnett's biscuit sugar high. Um, So why don't we begin the show, and you can try and like control us.
1: We're going to talk about what we got this week. Oh my gosh! See, that's why we need you. Far
0: out. Okay. So
1: I'm here.
0: Okay. Eddie acquisitions. What did you acquire this week?
1: I have been realizing how much of a bad habit I have that uh, in terms of, I buy a lot of Marvel legends and that's really not a problem. The problem is that I tend to buy pretty much two of every Marvel legend now because they keep coming out with multiple heads and I have, a weird thing where I think, well, I, I kind of need two figures now so I can display both versions of the head on my shelf at any one time. And it, it's just getting a bit crazy. So I brought for the second time, the, where did like, you take uh, it? T- uh, to the counter to purchase, uh, yeah. I purchased the like 10th anniversary civil war two pack, the Wolverine on motorbike, the Cletus Cassidy carnage figure, uh, multiple of the Red Skulls, uh, Magneto, an X-23, just oh so many figures that I already have just so I can display the other head that I already have the other head, but I, I need the body again to display. So, yeah, I, I'm an addict. You have a problem. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's interesting because I, I – I totally get that. Like, you know, if you, it, but even when they're, see, th- Ben would never do this, right? Because he, you know, it's one per character. So if, he would only do, display the separate heads if they actually represented different characters. But you obviously don't have that display rule.
1: No, I, I'm i very much, as a lot of our conversations uh, between Ben and myself over the years on this show have alluded, like, I'm happy to have, like, oh, give me Captain America in this suit and give me the one where he's got the eagle on his head from Reborn yeah. and give me the captain's suit and give me, like, I, I want every possible version of the suit that he's worn mm. uh, to come through. So, And that's where it also comes through on the multiple. I think it comes from, like, remember back in the day of, like, Toy biz where you would have the maskless head, but it would be an alternate chase variant. Yes. So it was something yeah, of a yeah, bit yeah. of a pride of having the Wolverine and the maskless Wolverine. I, th- I think it Got comes it. comes from that.
0: Oh, so it's all about competition. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's about hunting that chase,
0: hunting that chase. I I think um that the fact that we are getting in most waves, you know, a number of Figures with either really a, a decent amount of accessories, tooling, or spare parts, you know, is amazing and obviously shows how well the line must be doing um, to be able to kind of bring that in budget wise. Um, but I generally that this that spare piece is kind of lost on me because I kind of choose one thing and then figure it out the other. I've also often thought about that too. With although we have we sideshow. Uh, doesn't do as many swap-out portraits for exclusives these days. Um, But, you know, I often wonder, like, you know, do people take the time to actually rotate them every once in a while or what? Like, I, I don't know. I wonder, do people do that? Does Ben do that to see rotate?
1: I actually do it with – so I've got the 12-inch Marvel Legend figures and those I haven't gone – into the habit of buying multiple of uh, partly because they are so expensive. But every sort of month or two, I'll swap them between masked heads and unmasked heads or bearded Thor and non-bearded Thor. Hmm. I'm kind of just doing that just to say eventually I'll have a friend over. I'll be like, didn't Thor have a beard last time I was here? What happened?
2: Uh, So it's been a while, dude.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah. Um, so in terms of, like, are there any specific, uh, multiple headed figures that you've acquired this week or?
1: Uh, yeah, those were the ones I was listing oh, sorry, was yeah, all I the, the yeah. Civil War, the Wolverine, Red Skull, Carnage. All this week? Uh, yeah, all, all this week I've been on a big, uh, yeah, the, um, Uh, I've found a lot of comic stores now, and actually speaking to comic store retailers here in Melbourne, they've all sort of had the idea of like, okay, Toys R Us is going away, so we're going to get in on uh, the Marvel Legend game, which normally with comic stores ordering through Diamond, they've got... Uh, sort of three-month lead window before you see stuff they ordered starting to hit shelves, which uh, you notice that it's been about three months since Toys R Us wrapped up, and they're all starting now to get all these new legends in stock. Uh, So it's becoming a weird uh, market here in Melbourne uh, at the moment. Hmm.
2: Interesting.
0: Interesting. Hey, um, so Adam, what about you? Have you acquired things? Are you still working through that same pile of loot or...?
2: I'm still working the same pile of loot. Um, I should check and see when I have, I think my next one would either be just before Christmas or just after Christmas, my next box of loot. So it'll be a while. I, I was meaning to ask you, um, with the
0: exchange rate, shipping, etc., I assume that you are still doing a big bad toy store because it's still working out in the most economical way for you, or are you just a lazy creature of habit?
2: Uh, I'm a lazy creature of habit and on top of that, um, I doubt that I would be able to find these things significantly cheaper by um, hunting around in store in Adelaide um, because we use basically a large country town Um, and other than that, you know, so travelling to Melbourne to try and find figures is not economical in any sense of uh, reality and um, after that, it's basically a case of shopping around online and I can't be bothered.
0: yeah. I was just wondering whether or not you'd costed it out and kind of thought this is still economical or the cheapest because I have found, like, I have not done anything from Big Bad in ages just because of a, you know, just of cost and shipping, like, and where it used to be my go-to because it would be cheaper to get like, statues and stuff from them shipped to Australia than it would be to try and buy them here. And now that is definitely not the case. Um, speaking of finding the stuff that you collect in Adelaide, the, there's a a shop, ne- you know where the um EB Games and Zing is in the in the city,
2: just um, across from. Oh, you're talking about Shin Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. Is that no good? Uh, I haven't been to Shin Tokyo in years. I used to go there a bit when they first opened, which was when I was in uni. Um, Goodness me. So that's you know yeah, nearly twenty years ago. Um, so yeah, I haven't. Been in there lately? Um, I can't imagine they're going to be particularly cheap. Uh, they don't. They don't normally get um, a lot of figure arts either, or at least they don't get a good enough um, selection that I'd be able to consider not pre-ordering things that will then be jacked up by a hundred percent within mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm.
0: I'll just. I haven't been um, that way for some time, but I have, you know, seen that in time gone by and thought, no, well, I wonder if Adam comes here.
2: Yeah, I used to.
0: It's just like a shop that you used to know. Exactly. Um, uh, to wrap up the, uh, very tightly run acquisitions segment, I have picked up the wave two of DC essentials. Mm-hmm. Superman, Brainiac, Aquaman and Batman, Manta. Yay. And, um, uh, mm. I pre ordered the first wave through one of our local e-tailers, and I I don't really know what's happening. They've become frustratingly hard to get information out of. So, uh, so much that twice now I've, uh, bought something somewhere else, forgetting even that I, um, had ordered things for them. (laughs) So, yeah, I, so, but anyway, I've got wave two. Yay. Uh have you picked
1: mm. any of those up, Adam, uh, Eddie? Not any of Wave Two yet. I um, I was sort of spending other money. Um, each time that I've seen them, and sort of thought, oh, I I don't want to be spending uh this much, so I'll I'll mm-hmm. get them another time. I'll I'll grab them another time, and I don't know if that's me sort of saying that price conscious wise, or if it's mm-hmm. me. Still undecided on if I want to get more, but the Black Manta did look good.
0: Yeah, well, I, I um haven't I haven't opened them yet, but I was actually really impressed by the Aquaman and Black Manta. Um, I have seen all the the Wave One figures in hand, and I definitely get the reservations. You know, the Death is I think look like, really oddly under detailed in terms of sculpt, right? Like. Um, but yeah, I'm anyway. I was always going to buy Aquaman, right? So, um, that's good. All right, okay. Well, we've bantered, um, and biscuit debated and talked about acquisitions rather extensively. So, I think that we should now get a little bit more expedient and move on with our first review of the episode. <laughs> If you like listening to podcasts, then there's a good chance you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. To make it easy for you, our sponsor Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. A book I'd like to recommend is X heroes by author Peter Kleins. X heroes is the first book in a series about a group of superheroes trying to survive and protect what's left of humanity in the wake of a zombie apocalypse. It's a genre-bending story that has something for fans of comic books, superhero films, and the whole zombie phenomenon. To get your copy of X heroes for free and start your 30-day trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. Eddie is reviewing something tonight from the Good Smile Company, which always makes me smile. Um, it reminds me of one of my favorite variety shops near me, which is called Everyone is Happy. The I have to say, having been in there, I believe it's an ironic title because I haven't really encountered happy people in Everyone is Happy. But every time I drive past Everyone is Happy, it's one of those kind of standard you know stories where they must just kind of order an entire store full of crap and open up, right? Um, but yeah, it still just, it just kind of makes me happy, right? And the and good smile company makes me happy as well for similar reasons. Um, now there is no guarantee, of course, that Eddie will have a good smile at the end of this uh, review because the outcome is completely up for grabs at this point. So uh, hold on to your hats, and we'll find out. Over to you, Eddie.
1: Thank you uh, for that intro, Scotty. (laughs) (laughs) This is Uh,
0: an intro on Arnett's Biscuits.
1: uh, So, yes, I am uh, talking about an item from Good Smile Company. It is the Figma Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess Link. And uh, for those in the know, there are two versions, and this is the deluxe version. So, I picked this up, as I mentioned two episodes ago, at the Mad Man Anime uh, comics uh, not comics—Anime uh, uh, Convention. Uh, which actually had a very large amount of Japanese figure shopping at some really good uh, prices. So uh, if you are in Melbourne and that show turns up again next year, even if you're not that big of an anime fan, but there are certain Japanese figures in that that you're after, it could be worth uh, popping in. And attending, and one of their major exhibitors was Good Smile Company. They actually had their own store uh, set wow. up uh, at the uh, convention, which was uh, really cool. Uh, oh, wow. And uh, they actually had some items at some rather good prices. So I actually picked this up for sixty nine dollars. Uh, now regularly in australia this would vary between about 125 to 160 depending on the store uh, that you're shopping at so uh, it's, it's definitely a uh, price I was happy to pay uh, for this guy and he is kind of part of the reason why it has taken me so long to pick him up he was originally released around June of last year uh, but so far in terms of the main Figma figures uh, that Good Smile have been doing based on the Legend of Zelda. I have picked up uh, all the other links so far. So uh, the original one was the Skyward Sword link and then they also did one uh, that was much more of a cartoony design based on a link between worlds. Now, weirdly, I though I am a big Legend of Zelda video game fan. Uh, All of these games are ones that I haven't played there. Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword are from the Wii era, and I didn't buy any Wii consoles. Uh, The Between Two Worlds is from uh, the Nintendo DS, which uh, while I have, I only really got to get 64 games that had been re-released on it. Uh, But I am a big fan of the character, and the design stays relatively the same so it's it's nothing uh too out there or shocking you can look at it and go oh that that's the link that i remember and love and in particular this twilight princess link is probably the closest so far they've done to the ocarina of time link which is uh my favorite game and what i think of when i uh do think of link it was probably the most realistic with air quotes, uh, design they have done for the character uh, of Link. There's a lot of detail in terms of buckles and chain mail and all that that was added to him. Since then, they've gone into more uh, kind of shell-shaded animation styles uh, for the way that they've done the games, which uh, does look beautiful, Uh, But when it comes to getting a high-end figure, I can definitely understand why they chose to go uh, with this version of our Hyrule Warrior. Uh, uh, In terms of the packaging that you get, if you've ever seen a Figma uh, toy before, you know what you're getting. It's got sort of that uh, black box around the bottom... Uh, that gives you some of the base details of Figma from Max Factory, Action Figures, Good Smile Company. And then the top half of the box, there's a little bit of uh, coloured pattern, a couple of images of the figure and the different accessories that it comes with. Uh, probably the main flourish is on the plastic window of the box. Uh, there's some little gold trim and the Triforce and Hyrule symbol Uh, in there but it's nothing really that's gonna overly make it stand out as being unique when stacked in a bunch of Figma boxes from all the other different uh, properties uh, that run through and they do number Figma's so this one is 320 Uh, now this isn't just from their Nintendo line I believe that's from all Figma's Uh, that have been released so you could potentially be a completionist with uh, figmas by themselves and the toy on the inside comes with that uh, sort of very classic style of getting a Japanese figure which is the plastic trays with the lids uh, that go on top that pop everything in all a million different directions when you finally take them off. Uh, and bring them through. Now, this guy being the deluxe edition is a bit uh, different from the regular version in the way that the tray is packed out. Uh, There is a lower tray That does have the basic accessories uh, that would normally have the figure in it. But this version uh, has the basic accessories, but no figure. And then there's an upper tray that has all the exclusive accessories to the deluxe figure. And uh, that's uh, also where the figure itself is uh, displayed in this version, mainly so that they... Uh, have the deluxe accessories up at the front of the box and you can also see the figure there uh, that you're about to purchase. So it makes sense from uh, the actual box uh, sitting on a store shelf uh, point of view. Uh, It is very collector-friendly. You can pretty much get everything back in the box and seal it up again uh, just like brand new. The only pieces you won't be able to get it exactly is that the joints had those little sort of... uh, what would you call them? Kind of like plastic bibs or uh, doilies that go around uh, the articulation points so that they don't rub on each other while they're in the box uh, itself. But once you get those uh, off, uh, you're going to really struggle to get those pieces uh, back in there again, but uh, it's not a huge uh, deal. Uh, In terms of the figure itself it's a very nice sculpt. Uh, Looking at the designs of Link from the game there is uh, really next to nothing uh, that I could find that they've sort of missed out and there's even some incredible details that uh, I didn't really notice before. It was only on finding them on the figure uh, that I was able to find them on images uh, online Uh, and so doesn't really stand out in images but he's got these lovely sort of trim down the sides of his tunic and uh on the edges of the cap where you can see where the stitching would actually go uh in his fabric and where that runs in terms of scenes of how the shirt would actually be designed and uh sort of the stripe down the side of his leg where the pants would actually be sewn up he's got some uh details uh that are kind of in uh, the sides of his boots, there, um, even just some lovely pieces like uh, uh, the soles of his feet have a bit of trimming around. Where you then have the leather flat uh, underneath the boot. Uh, his side gauntlet has some detailing uh, on the inside. Even his pouches—they've uh, got the where the seam would run down the side of those—and just really really great attention to detail that isn't really going to stand out unless you really uh, start looking at this figure up close. Good uh, yeah, very good pouching. The Rob Liefeld fan in me is mm-hmm. very happy uh, wow. with this <laughs> figure. Um, even the just...
0: obligatory, but he's got feet joke. Yeah. yeah.
1: Right. Yep. Yep. Uh, even there's a little bit of the side to the belt where... The belt's a little bit too long, so Link's tied it up in a knot. And normally on a figure that would be kind of just flat detailing in there with lines. But this is actually 3D. It is it is a moulded piece that sort of comes off the side. They're um, wonderful hanging of the clothing. Uh, It does seem to be very natural for where they would be and uh, like it's buttoned up at the top of the collar and there's just some little lines in there that sort of show, okay, that's where material's being pulled and stretched for the buttons to uh, connect in there. Just some really, really fantastic attention to detail. Now, the face sculpt, uh, it's... I was trying to think of the way to describe this and I'm going to really struggle but the best I could come up with is it's very soft Uh, and to explain that uh, the best way would be uh, is that it captures the video game very accurately where uh, while they went for this realistic tone there is a bit of a softness to the facial features and they really have managed to capture that Uh, with the figure now this is helped uh, in a large part due to the face uh, paint application where there is some very subtle shading going on on the cheeks and around the lips and the nose uh, that you might not necessarily uh, notice or think that there's paint application there but having Just this tiny little bit of shading just helps the face pop uh, and the sculpting on the face pop uh, really nicely. Uh, One of my favorite pieces uh, with the sculpt, which I don't know if it was intentional or not, but the one thing uh, that I never really liked on Link's design is he has earrings uh, in both ears. And because of the sculpting of the bangs in his hair, they actually sort of cover up the earrings from... Uh, face forward so I do actually like that Um, not that I'm against people having earrings but he just has these blue earrings on a pretty much entirely green and brown suit and it just always seems like a weird color contrast to me it always draws my eyes I'm not not a big fan uh, of the color choice blue and green should never be seen without something in between Yeah, it's probably that. I think it's also because he's always depicted with blue eyes as well. It just sort of gives almost like this four-eyed look, and it it just always captures me. I'm just always like, "Ah, something there just doesn't sit right with me and my OCD. Uh, But that's a real nitpick uh, there on uh, the design. Uh, And he's got a lovely design too. uh, His iconic green cap, Uh, as well there. In terms of articulation, he is a figma, so he has a wonderful amount of articulation. Now, they are mainly just ball joints, swivels, and actual joints. Uh, Some of the big uh, highlights would be, so he's got the double-jointed shoulders, so you can get lots of variety in his shoulder movement, lots of great uh, swinging poses. He actually has... A wonderful amount of ab crunch movement despite not really showing uh, much ab articulation visually uh, in this sculpt design. You can actually get a a very huge range of rotation and depth to that swing uh, by moving that uh, ball jointed body. It's sort of hidden. uh, The actual articulation point is under the leather straps of his sheath. Uh, So it sort of goes up uh, in a triangulated point there uh, and moves around that way. So the joint is hidden by uh, between his two belts uh, there, and that works really well. Uh, Now, the one spot where his articulation is a little bit limited uh, is in his hips, and it's because of the length of his tunic. Uh, Now, they have done the best they can, and he does have a fair amount of articulation for a character that has a plastic tunic. And it has that design where the inner layer of the tunic actually wraps around not just halfway but two-thirds into the back and then the back one comes forward about a third. So they do overlap uh, in the back section, but it means if you've got the leg uh, pointing forward and another one coming back, you don't get the gap Uh, In between, uh, there is that kind of like there's a layer of chainmail underneath that will constantly be filling in the gap there so you don't just see a uh, gap in the where the two green pieces of tunic part. You will have that green, uh, the yellow chainmail always hiding in through the upper joints there uh, of the leg. Uh, and uh, some wonderful then lower leg articulation to once again help uh, with all the posing uh, that you can get him in. So uh, wonderful posing, as would be expected, uh, with a Figma uh, toy. Uh, But the main area where this guy shines, and part of the reason it did take me so long uh, to pick up, was uh, the cost that people were looking for And the fact that this deluxe version uh, existed, because I I saw the regular version out and about a couple of times for just under $100, and I always thought, oh, I'd I'd like that, but I know it's going to drive me crazy knowing that there's another version uh, of this character out there that comes with so many uh, bits and pieces. Even though I've never actually played the game, I don't really know uh, what a lot of these accessories are. Are and can only hypothesise on what they do. Uh, But to give you a bit of an idea, the regular version, uh, being Link, of course, has to come with his classic pieces. So he comes with his Master Sword. Now, the Master Sword is the iconic uh, Zelda sword, I'm sure, uh, people who haven't even played the games uh, might potentially even recognize this sword. It pops up uh, in all sorts of different video game stores and Zing stores and uh, whatnot. And pretty much every depiction of Link has him wielding this blade. Uh, and this is gorgeous. Uh, this sword, out of all the Link figures I have, uh, is the best depiction of the Master Sword. It's a very nice metallic silver uh, on the blade but then there's this uh, lovely blue wash over it to give it a slight bit of a glowing effect uh, when it catches the light just right there's a little bit of gold gilding going on heading into the base of the blade and into the uh, oh, i I need Ben here to tell me about the uh like the heath of the sword where the Hilt, Hilt. into the hilt uh, of the sword. Uh, Then into the handle of the sword, you have these lovely green straps uh, overlapping uh, with pieces to make it look like it's a comfy grip to hold. And then there's the little uh, weight piece at the end. Now, the weight piece you can actually take off, and that's how you slide it into his uh, circular Uh, gripping hands and insert it in and then close that hilt off again and then it looks like he's got a nice strong uh, tight grip uh, on the sword, so a uh, very very nice piece here. Uh, It does come with a beautiful uh, blue and gold sheath uh, for the sword Uh, It's very similar shape to the trunk's sheath that he generally uses Uh, Now this has a very lovely brown belt over the top that has the brown leather colour and metal silver for the buckle. And then it has this beautiful uh, gold gilding once again that is also sculpted into the sheath uh, that really pops and it's on a very nice royal blue uh, colouring plastic. So it looks fantastic, it looks like it's an artefact of uh, medieval times. Uh, And, of course, he has his famous shield, the Hyrule shield. This is the uh, blue shield that has the Triforce symbol and the Hyrule symbol on it. It's been used in a lot of uh, Zelda games. Uh, Very iconic as well. And this is fantastic too. It has this lovely uh, sort of gun metal around the sides, but that wonderful, beautiful royal blue on the inside, the Triforce symbol is sculpted out and has gold metallic paint uh, over it that is uh, very masterfully done, uh, and then you've got a lovely red uh, tampograph kind of image uh, on there for the Hyrule uh, symbol, which is just Absolutely stunning. So it's a wonderful piece. Uh, On the back is where you get some clever engineering. So it's got a bunch of different portholes in the back of it. And what you do is the handle and then the leather strap uh, also have pinholes in them, uh, pins in them. So you can actually rearrange the grip and the strap around uh, in multiple different ways. So you can get link holding the shield in different variations and on different arms uh, the way that's going to suit the best and also display uh, the best for you. So you can change them around completely. Similar to the sword, uh, the handle actually comes apart into pieces and then you can just slip it into one of his gripping hands, close it up at the other end and then peg it into uh, the shield so it looks like he's got a nice strong grip on both of those pieces while he's using it. Uh, He does also come with multiple hands. He's got eight hands in total. So there's the gripping hands. He's got two fisted hands. He's got two displayed out finger hands and a set of hands for the bow and arrow. One to hold the bow and one to hold the arrow. And multiple faces. Uh, So I love the description on the site of the faces. So I'm going to use those, which is he comes with a strong-willed face, a confident expression face, and a powerful shouting expression uh, face, which is very nice. And it's the first time in these that we've gotten three expressions. On the other ones, we've only gotten two expressions each, which is sort of a neutral and a shouting face. So... Uh, I do like having multiple options there, but luckily, unlike Marvel Legends, I don't feel the need to buy three of these figures to display uh, each of the faces. Uh, but coming to the deluxe edition, uh, that's where we get uh, the Auden sword. Uh, which I don't know what Auden means, but it looks like it's more of a regular sword. So often in these games, you start off uh, by getting a regular sword before later on in the game upgrading to the Master Sword. So I'm assuming that's what this sword is. He has the hero bow and arrow, and it's the beautiful classic uh, Legend of Zelda designed uh, to the bow, and it's got some beautiful, absolutely stunning uh, paintwork and that on it to give it a really great metal, uh, a wood effect uh, with some metal pieces on it. It really does look like something someone who was living in a forest village would make. And I didn't even mention the wonderful design on the sword and the sheath there. So it's much more of a uh, red leather uh, design on the sheath and that looks stunning. I don't even know how they really got that effect on uh, the red part to give it that sort of red leather look. There must be some little bit of black washing uh, going on, but just a very subtle uh, black wash to give it that effect, but that just looks incredible there. Uh, the arrow is stunning. It is very much nice and sharp with some wonderfully sculpted and painted arrows at the end, uh, and that the tip of the arrow uh, can be inserted into the arrow-holding hand, so it does look like his Uh, really is gripping it and about to fire, or you can have it on the side as if it's just been uh, pulled out of a quiver. Uh, Probably the coolest accessory in the box, though, uh, is his... what would be this game's version of the hook shot, known as the claw shot, uh, which is kind of a gauntlet that fires a grappling hook. So you have a closed version of the hook... You have an open version of the hook that's connected through to a chain. And you also have the variant piece that can be fired from this claw hook, which is uh, a mace ball and chain, which is this giant metal uh, ball that's also on a metal chain. And what is cool here with this figure is they actually give you two stands. And the second stand... Uh, is so that you can actually pose uh, the claw shot, be it firing the claw or firing the bolt and chain, as if it's just been shot out or it's being swung around. You can uh, really uh, play around with the way that you pose that in um, different firing positions and swinging around uh, the spot and get some really great uh, action posing uh, out of that. Now, I did uh, really go into it uh, when I was talking about the... Oh, and I forgot one last accessory before I move on. Uh, He comes with a Hawkeye mask, uh, which isn't just a purple mask that looks like Wolverines, but uh, this is sort of more a masquerade uh, hawk mask, which I have no idea what it does uh, in the game, but I assume it helps him shoot arrows better or... Uh, further, because the images I see uh, is him uh, using it with the bow.
2: Yep, it was, I think, to do zooming or something from memory, I haven't played the game in years.
1: Well, nice. Uh, Now, that actually is put on, I didn't mention, but the swapping of the face is done very much like uh, the Goku figures in Dragon Ball Z, where you uh, remove the front hair piece, and then you remove the face from underneath and it creates that great layered effect. Uh, so this mask is connected to a hairpiece. So you just take the hairpiece on, put that hairpiece with the mask in, and then that mask just slips over uh, the top of the face, which is great because it then means you can use it with all three different expressions. Uh, now, I did mention uh, while talking about a lot of the accessories that uh, the paintwork is just fabulous. Uh, And I really have very little to fault here with the paint. There's a tiny little smudge above his right ear on mine where it starts to bleed over into the green of the cap. It's very minor. It's uh, smaller than the tip of a uh, pin. uh, But that's really the only paint mishap I've noticed. Uh, And I really can't think of much paint application that they've forgotten or missed on this guy that would uh, only be things that you'd need a super high magnifying glass with really uh, touch-up details from people uh, in the factory. So uh, I, I would only imagine that would put this guy into more of the $200 cost territory. Uh, if we were getting that nitpicky uh, on the things to be painted. So uh, out of all the figures I think I've ever covered on this show, uh, this guy has as close to perfect paint application uh, of a figure as I think uh, I could find, uh, barring getting into hot toy territory uh, and that. But even then... uh, there can be some weird little things. So uh, coming into wrapping up and giving it a dolly rating, uh, he is a fantastic figure. He is probably pride and joy of my Link uh, collection display at the moment. I do really like him. My only big thing is as great as he is, finding him for the good price uh, is where he kind of falters. Uh, a bit for me. The fact that it has taken me a year uh, to pick him up and that was only because I was able to acquire him at a very nice price is uh, going to set a lot of people back because you are starting to get into that more higher end scale when you're talking about 150 Australian dollars. Uh, but he is nice. So I'd say if you are after a link, he's fantastic. I do highly recommend him, but he's one you're going to want to play the long game on, set up a save search or something online uh, for him, but uh, ratings, I'm going to give him uh, $9 out of 10.
0: You really liked this figure. I did. Hmm. That was like a Ben-worthy review in detail in a good way.
2: Yep. So have you, uh, have it's so links, good looking. Yeah, Have other links got bombs for him to throw?
1: Uh, the a link between worlds one uh, comes with a bomb as well as a, a terracotta pot, which, uh, as far as I know, is the only link to actually come with a pot, but it sadly doesn't smash. Yeah. I
2: guess the only other (laughs) thing this guy is missing would be a second claw shot and the iron boots.
1: Yeah, they've never yet to do one, I think, that's come with every accessory, which would be really cool. Um, You could never do it. Like, the one I'm obviously hoping they will do, um, uh, well, the two, uh, my two favourite games, which is Ocarina of Time and uh, Breath of the Wild, Uh, But Breath of the Wild, there's so many accessories in that game, it would be near impossible uh, for any, even if you had a Zelda line that ran for years and did multiple characters, getting all the accessories out of that game. Uh, But I I would absolutely love if they somehow managed to do even the two different links from Ocarina of Time and get all the accessories out on that. That would be uh, as close to perfect uh, as I could imagine. Yeah. Can I
0: ask a, a kind of practical question? Because mm-hmm. that the stand with that hinge on it, which is you know a fairly standard figure arts stand, and comes with, even with some of the like you know, Batman animated you know, stuff. Do you find those useful? I, I feel like they take up a lot of space um, for like in displays and that sort of thing. How, how often do you actually display stuff with a stand like that?
1: I actually use these ones pretty much all the time with my Japanese-style figures. Um, so all my Figma ones, I, I do use them for. Now, admittedly, they're not on shelves as packed as Marvel Legends because my Link shelf isn't anywhere near uh, as packed. Uh but uh, because you get such great articulation and posing, I often do display them jumping up in the air and uh, swishing their sword, which these uh, stands are great for holding that display um, and using, uh, using them to the advantage of the fact that they come with these stands and you can uh, get interesting poses. Uh, by mm, using mm. stands to hold their weight. So I, I think it varies, like with the Batman animated line, they're kind of a different style of stand that keeps them locked in that pose. And there's multiple figures that come out of that line. So it does start to look a bit weird once you have a shelf of 20 plus. But uh, probably the most I've got is I've got my Power Rangers figure arts uh, that all have the stands and they're sort of jumping out in Sentai poses. Mm. Uh, through there, but uh, I'd say anything be- beyond that it would get a bit weird with these stands, but for those smaller display mm-hmm. uh, in fact, I'm sort of getting to that with my Revoltech ones uh, they're starting to fill up a little bit and they're all using those stands because it's Revoltech, and they're only good for crazy poses, they're not good for standing straight poses <laughs> so, um, I, do, I do know what you mean and what you're um, coming from, but yeah for this style of figure, uh, I find it works well
0: very good well thank you for that that was um, fantastic and I, I think this is just a brilliant looking piece and I really get what you're saying about the quality of the paint apps it just looks fantastic you might like to listen to more of what we have to say and if so hang on because after the break Adam will take his turn at saying the things if your collecting addiction is a hard itch to scratch then you might lack a bit of insurance that you always have some new goodies on the horizon. Loot Crate is the world's favorite subscription box service, and they're currently offering AFB listeners 10% off any of their flexible subscription plans. Every Loot Crate includes exclusive apparel and collectible items built around a theme, and there are so many theme crates to choose from whether you're into a more general pop culture or gaming theme, or you have a more specific interest. To save 10% on any new subscription, go to trylootcrate.com forward slash afblues and enter the promo code BREACH10. If you do sign up and you love your loot, be sure to go to the AFB Facebook page and post a pic of your new gear. That's trylootcrate.com forward slash afblues with the promo code BREACH10. Well, it is Adam's turn to amaze us with details of toys purchased, or, uh, well, we hope he purchased them and he's finally given up shoplifting. Uh, but either way, tell us about it now.
2: But don't incriminate us. Adam. Thank you, Scotty. And I, I just want to point out, if you can actually physically lift the whole shop, like you actually get bonus <laughs> points in life.
0: Amazing. Um,
2: yeah. So moving on to actual things people want to hear, um, this week I am reviewing the SH Figure Arts Margin Vegeta, this is yet another Dragon Ball Z figure, it is yet another Vegeta, um, but it's fractionally different from the standard Vegeta in that this is the first time we've had him in a figure art in this costume, and it's the only time in the entire show where he is in Margin form, which is to say he has been corrupted by Babidi and his filthy, filthy magic. Um, so, for those not <laughs> familiar with the show, um, this takes place in the Boo saga, which is where there is a Jin or genie, um, Boo, who is resurrected by a Bubbity, and uh, Bubbity's father was um, Bobbity. So, you know, wow. there's, like, yeah, it's yet another shitty Toriyama joke about Bibbity, Bobbity, Boo. Uh, yeah, so his dead, sorry, he's Bibbity, not Bobbity. Um, and, um. Bubbity has the ability to um essentially take over people's minds. Uh he does it to numerous people before this. And Vegeta in the show takes the power up so that he can beat Goku once and for all. Um and in other words, he, he takes the power up but doesn't fall under Bubbity's mind control, which is kinda cool and badass and totally Vegeta. Um so, yeah, it's a figure I kind of look forward to because it's one of those fights I really enjoyed in the show. Um, it's also a figure I kind of don't look forward to because it's my least favourite Vegeta costume overall. Um, in terms of what the, the costume looks like, it's essentially just a, a blue onesie body sleeve, um, but unlike Vegeta's normal blue body onesie body sleeve, it... Um, doesn't have sleeves, so it just cuts off at the shoulder. He will get sunburned, um, and he doesn't have the armor over the top, so it's just the the body sleeve. His normal Saiyan boots and Saiyan gloves, um, which I think really in the the series, I wouldn't be surprised if it was done just so it was less things to have to draw uh, for Toriyama and friends. Um, they always appreciated trying to simplify designs after the initial thing. It's um. Often speculated that's one of the reasons that uh, Cell will never be brought back is because he was a pain in the ass to draw. So, yep, it's a really simple outfit. Um, There's a lot of reuse in this figure, and we can talk about that pretty quickly. So below the waist, this is a reuse of the more recent Vegeta figure. Um, I think it was a Super Vegeta or just the Super Saiyan Vegeta on um, a new... The new buck so it has the uh, hyper articulated crotch with the weird TP snappy looking thing that happens um other than that it's the same standard double jointed uh knee so it's just um straight swivels but double jointed it's got ball jointed ankle it's got a um toe uh of articulation so just a straight rotation point um Above the waist, which is where all the entertainment normally happens, I find in life, um, is new in the chest area, so that actual torso, because it's got the um, the new design where there's basically just a body sleeve. So it's actually quite well sculpted in that rather than just go for the, the bog standard, what you get from most figures of sculpted abs um, and painted, they've actually got kind of a little bit of, um, I guess it's realism really. And that you can see kind of little um, crisscrossy bulges coming off between the abs. Uh, so for those of you that have worn spandex in your lives, um, and possibly for those that haven't, this is kind of a realistic thing that happens: is that when you have two things that protrude a fair bit from spandex, it doesn't just magically absorb all the way into, for example, your arse crack. Um, it actually just, you know, sits across the top of your two cheeks. And there might be when you bend and move around a little bit of a little bit of a um, line that where it kind of joins over a bit, so it's got that kind of effect. Um, across the back is a bit interesting because that looks like they may have just reused. In fact, I'm pretty sure they have just reused um, a Goku or Piccolo uh, um, G back piece for the top of the top. So it actually, you know. It doesn't look at all skin tight and form-fitting, which is kind of weird. Um, the arms are fairly standard, although they have bulgy veins, so there's probably a little bit of um, new detailing there. The gloves are all fairly standard. The articulation in these, so it's a standard um, rotating pin at the top. Oh, so that is that standard now. Yes, I think it is. So a bicep, uh, shoulder to bicep cut. The bicep to forearm is a double jointed elbow, which is just a double hinge joint. Uh, ball jointed uh, wrist, as per normal. have the butterfly type shoulder, so you've got two points of um, extension and articulation there, which is cool. Excuse me. Um, the neck is the standard two ball joints, so one at the bottom, one at the top, and at the top of that is obviously the head. Which has all the swap out portraitiness that we would expect. Um, and that's kind of a summary of your articulation of the figure and a bit of the build. Um, in terms of the swap outs on this figure, they're kind of minimal. Uh, it's a $55 US figure. I think it now looks like people like Big Bad are selling it for $59. So that's already going up in price. There we go again. Um, the swap-outs are, he comes with punchy hands equipped, which is not a surprise. He has swap-out kind of grappling hands, um, which are good for, you know, if you want to try him kind of rubbing at the sides of his head like he's going crazy because someone's trying to invade his mind and take him over, they're useful for that. He has um, the fingers straight out, key blasting palms. Uh, he has that for both the left and the right. And he also has the final impact... Uh, right hand so this is for those that are aware of the show this is the attack that he uses to blast a hole through boo um which obviously heals rapidly spawnless for those that have not seen it um it's essentially just a a fist well it's you've curled in the the pinky and ring finger on the right hand put out the index and middle finger like a a v sign and the thumb out Um, and so that's what that one does which you know if you actually curled that could curl that um, thumb in. You'd also have just a V-sign, which would be kind of nice, as something different, but we don't have that. Uh, I'm sure anyone that's willing to mutilate their figure is welcome to try and bend that thumb around and have fun with it. I will not be doing that. And this is me, mutilator of toys, saying that. Um, So that's kind of nice. I think that's probably the only new kind of hand part that we've got. Um, The hands are also a bit interesting because I don't think that the actual hand parts really have a wash of any sort. It's hard to say um, by isolating it, but the gloves have like a light blue-gray kind of wash over them to give them some kind of colour. It's the same as what the boots have. Uh, so they don't quite mesh with the gloves themselves, like the actual hands of the gloves. That's a bit disappointing. Um, the other swap-outs, and it's not surprising, are swap-out portraits and there are five total um, i believe that they have in fact stuffed up one of them or at least one that i have and we'll talk about that as well so the portrait that comes by default is a neutral face um, he's got no smile no smirk no nothing just deadpan flat mouth um, and the um kind of murderous intense stare at you um eyes there is another one which has the uh, same eye line. In fact, the eye line's basically the same in all of these, um, but with a smirk. There is another one that is a flat mouth. Um, eye line's the same, and he's meant and he's uh, got veins bulging out in the side of his head. It's actually just the right temple there. Um, that one I think they've stuffed up because I think that one, he's meant to actually be looking off to the right, and mine does not have that with the eyes. They are just looking dead on the same as the other eyes.
1: I, I believe this is uh, actually fairly prevalent uh, issue. I think it's almost on like a fifty-fifty chance you have of getting this mistake. Yeah, he fights boo. Um, yeah, buu. Um, yeah, I remember seeing another like YouTube reviewer uh, talking about it and saying that it's it's actually turning up on a lot of people's. Uh, one, but it's not turning up on all of them, so it's uh, okay. Yeah, it's
2: it's made more noticeable partly by the box art and partly by the instructions, where the instructions actually say, "See, looking right as the the um difference point for that particular portrait." So, yeah, I, I guess that's life, but um, I'm not overly happy about that. Uh. The other portrait options you have, uh, there's one where he's got his teeth gritted and his mouth open and veins throbbing everywhere. And then this one that I have, which is um, mouth open, laughing maniacally, veins throbbing everywhere face, which I feel is um, <laughs> kind of, it's, it's between that and the, um, the portrait that I don't have would be the two faces I'd be putting on this particular Vegeta. Um, if there was another portrait where he was smirking and looking off to the right, that would be the other portrait I would consider using. Um, but yeah, the laughing maniacally portrait is definitely my favorite one. Uh, I guess the other thing about the portraits is there is actually a bit of detail in the hair. So the, the rest of the hair has no detail whatsoever, but the portrait has like a bit of a wash, um, coming from the face forwards. Um, there is a bit of paint in the ears to bring out some detail there, which is nice because I haven't always done that. And the other thing that is a little bit different is I think the paint around the nose um, differs slightly to show different levels of um, anger or rage or whatever else is going on there. So some emotion brought in that way, which is cool. Um, Other things that are worth talking about with this figure. So one of the things I'm a little bit annoyed about on this figure but not massively is he is not as scrawny as I would like. And the reason I say that is... This version of Vegeta, from for mine, has always had that kind of wolfish, very lean, um, gangly, hungry, really going to fuck you up kind of look about him, and this one just doesn't have that. Part of that is possibly the legs and the whole hyper-articulated crotch area. Part of it is probably to try and make him the correct height. Um, he just can't look that thin practically, um, so that's a bit annoying uh other things i have got a little bit of a paint issue um, in the chest area like the the front chest area where there is exposed skin which is simply a case of not enough paint being applied over the top of blue plastic um an issue i've seen some people say they've had is that the blue plastic is actually too glossy as in it hasn't been painted or hasn't been um, mold blasted properly um i'm seeing that There are only a couple of places on mine where it's too glossy. One of those is the top part of the torso just below the painted flesh. Other than that, it looks pretty good. Um, So I got away fairly well there. But the biggest problem, I think, overall with this particular Vegeta is the head. And the big problem there is they have just reused the head from the previous Super Saiyan Vegeta. And the big problem there is... This shouldn't be a Super Saiyan. This should be Super Saiyan two. Uh, so, Scott's probably going, "Oh, whatever." But the difference here is mm. instead of it being kind of the <laughs> being kind of pointy but flowing, it should actually be shorter hair. So, the very big piece that comes off the back of the head, um, in terms of hair, should actually basically not be there. Um, and all the spikes. So there should be more spikes. Um, they should be shorter. They should be thinner and they should be a hell of a lot straighter, um, which really kind of throws this off a lot um, because it just doesn't work. So, you know, I think that's probably the thing that and maybe having, if you could get score on your legs on this, that would be the things that would fix it um, to the point where I think it would be an excellent representation of this particular phase in Vegeta's life. Um I would have appreciated having some kind of key effect part, but I've gotten to the point in life where I accept when I don't get those, uh, particularly when the thing's not solicited with them. It's just that's the way it is. Um, yeah, it's, it's a generally good character, good look, good character. I'd say it's probably 7.5 out of 10. Uh, the 10 out of 10 would come from essentially getting those things done, uh, the, the correct head. Uh, and a gangly look, and if you were going for extra bonus points to get you past 10 out of 10, I would throw in a Super Saiyan 2 Goku head uh, because so far we have not had a Super Saiyan 2 Goku, um, and this is the point at which Goku goes Super Saiyan 2. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a good figure. Um, there are things lacking, and it could be better.
0: I've had a breakthrough. Yara? I've worked out how incredibly clever this is, and I'll, I'll explain. I, I've always thought that the the best way that the most clever way I could make my millions would be to invent a successful children's television show. And the reason for that is, if you ever watch you know, something like "Dora the Explorer" or "Bear in the Big Blue House" or any other such you know parenting highlights, is that you don't actually have to produce actual, like, episodes. You come up with a really clever intro, some really clever kind of piece that you goes in the middle of every episode, and then a really clever closing. And you have maybe, like, you know, two minutes of filler in between, and that's all that you actually produce each time. So you're making a lot of money for what you have to put out. And uh, I've I just realized that this figure line is – but somehow people want to watch each one. They don't just go, oh, I've seen one Dora the Explorer, I've seen them all. And they don't just realize that this figure line is the Dora the Explorer of toy lines because somehow they've managed to get you to buy exactly the same figure over and over and over again and think it's different. They all look the same to me. They are the yeah, same. Yeah, but she's this got a new hat.
2: For- oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> The other thing you've gotta consider is this is not a Marvel or DC where it's, you know, a million of one characters, there's like what, two dozen main characters that actually not, age but, over time. Hey, I take my hat up to them. They've met they've
0: developed the allegiance to the characters to the point where people will buy lots of different versions Whatever. of yep. the but, same and- character.
1: It is also, like, it's, it's going to be hard to explain my thinking in my head here, but it is a bit like, you know, it's not like it's a TV show where there's different things going on, different episodes, and they're in the exact same outfits. Like, Dragon Ball Z does run on these sagas, and, you know, there's minor changes to each uh version you know the sort of thing that ben complains about with the marvel movies how mm-hmm. captain america is in a slightly different costume each one and different people have you know different allegiances to you know some people it's the cell saga some people it's this the boo saga some people uh, it's the saiyan saga is their favorite era so there's going to be people that's like oh, i want to get all the characters, how they looked in the Boo saga. The Boo saga is really my jam or ones like that. So I, I can see the want for these different guys. No,
0: look, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm being slightly, I'm being facetious, but I'm actually saying, okay, look, I kind of get it. I get that the cleverness behind this, that obviously the stories are engaging enough that you can look at stuff that looks the same to me. And not only go, oh, that's this version, but actually want to buy the toy of it. Um, but from a production point of view, when you look at the, you know, the reuse and the, um,
1: like, it, it, it must make money. It's clever. Yeah, it's clever. And it, it is also like, um, like Marvel Legends and that in a ways where you'll get ones that are like this guy that might reuse a lot of parts, but then, you know, the next figure that comes out is margin boo. That's a huge, completely new sculpt and design that they're probably not going to get much reuse out of. So it's that sort of balance cost as well.
0: Yeah. Very good. Very good. Adam, thank you. It is always a pleasure. I always learn things and you always make me laugh sometimes with you, sometimes at you, but it's all good. And yeah, on yeah. that note, we will take a break and we'll come back and I'll just say the things and you can make fun of me.
1: Woo. Uh, yeah. You yeah. get trouble. Scramble the storm Eagle. The I. Joe storm Eagle has a hidden water cannon that shoots up to 20 feet. But the Cobra liquidators making a splash and the parasites launching catapult missiles. Mobilize the Patriot! It's the GI Joe Patriot with a huge mortar cannon that really fires. Ah! A... GI Joe Patriot, Storm Eagle, Cobra Parasite, and Liquidator sold separately. I found the Barracuda, but Duke's gone. So glad
2: you could join us.
1: <laughs> well, we've had two toys of the week, and now it's time for our third. And wrapping things up, it's going to be Scotty. So over to you, Scotty. Why? Thank you very much. Now this is.
0: As I think the last couple of shows, I've done a here's something that is the first piece in a new line. Here we are again. And this is a new line from Twitterhead, which is to me one of the really exciting companies that has come up in the statue world in the last few years that have taken in some way. A bit of the place of Bowen Designs in terms of scale and universe-building lines. They don't have a Marvel license, but they do have a DC license and some other properties at the moment. They've done the Batman classic line that I have reviewed a number of pieces on the show. They have a Batman TV line as well. Some other properties like Elvira and RuPaul, etc. I think maybe at San Diego 2017, they announced the Superpowers Collection line with the idea that this was going to be a real universe building DC statue line. And we've seen now a number of pieces previewed in this line that I'm really excited about from the obvious Superman. And Batman's to the Martian Manhunters, the uh, Steppenwolf, and were they're about to unveil a Superfriends Samurai. Uh, so, th- definitely starting to fulfill the promise of that. Now, Harley Quinn is not, as I said before, a character that I clipped because I super love the character you know, Aquaman style. Um, you can't really go anywhere in the pop culture world without running tripping over harley quinn's i had not intended even though this is the first in the superpowers line i had not intended to pick this up simply because it's harley and i have done my harley fill and then i saw her face and as it goes i'm a believer the uh sculpt on this is just fantastic and i'll get to why in a moment and then i'll talk about who sculpted it and why I love it. But first of all, I will do the proper intro-y things. There will be a Facebook – there already is, in fact. And gentlemen, I hope you're playing along with me. The, uh-huh. the Facebook album, so we'll start with packaging. Now, I had really hoped that Ben would be on this show so that I could warn him off this line for the very simple reason that – on the back you can see in the superpowers collection, the statues are numbered. Yay. So this is number one. I'm not talking about as in you know individually numbered. I'm talking about this is number one in the superpowers
1: collection and it says collect them all. Ah. So does that so number two is the bottled city of Kandor. Mm-hmm. Yes, so it's not it's not just character statues; it's all
0: well. Yeah, there's a couple of the the there's the bottled city of Kandor. There is Bud and Lou Harley's dogs that so as well as character pieces and the obvious Wonder Woman's etc., But then we're getting Mister Mitzelplik and Bronze Age Supergirl, which I'm terribly excited about because I love that costume. So, but unless you want to be, unless you can cope with not being a completist, then don't start this because you probably won't want to buy or can't afford all of them. I'm not really planning on a sculpted city of Candor, for
1: example. Well, I wonder though, mm -hmm. because the Bud and go with Harley here, whether that bottled city then potentially goes with Supergirl. Mm -hmm.
0: mm, Yeah, I don't really know. Look, I don't, but they are actually separate pieces, though that you um, yeah you have to order you know differently. So Harley is number one. The packaging on this is really cool. It is mainly photos of the piece, but then it's got some nice foil accenting on it, and it's pretty compact for the size of this. It's an eighteen-inch tall statue, but it's packed cleverly. So I like the packaging. It's um, good fun, and if you do like the shipping box style statues, you'll be happy to know that these do come in a brown shipper. The base on this and this, uh, one of the reasons I think why this is the launch piece of the line is that this is more of a deluxe style base. It is 18 inches tall. It's I think the tallest statue that they've solicited to this point. And it is a highly detailed base, which makes her taller. It actually comes in two separate pieces. So the sometimes you have the statue where it's got a base that has got a fairly, a lot happening on it, but then a thin bottom to it. And then another optional piece, which works well in terms of height options, I think because this is tall. So you can actually make it a bit shorter than the 18 inches by only using the actual base and not the extender if you chose which is what is happening in my display just for hype the detail on this is really amazing if we just kind of start with the base the it's kind of like a some detritus from a fun house with a rusted over clown face some broken light up lettering and other pieces on a Harlequin base with just really fantastic detail like a little stuffed Batman as an example and some amazing weathering with just a, a really lovely degree of, of touch to it. It's super clever. And then design-wise, the the concept here is that Harley is taking off on a jetpack and so part of the base is the exhaust and flames from the jetpack which actually is a separate piece. So when you take these the pieces out of the box, you have first of all the base extender, then the actual base with the diorama pieces on it, and then the flame and exhaust bit of the jetpack which pegs into the back of the base. And then Harley minus the head, which the jetpack attaches to a post on the flames and the exhaust. And it's pretty sturdy. I wouldn't, you know, I would say it's not perfectly earthquake proof, but it's certainly not a topple risk. And the exhaust is supporting the whole Harley piece. There are no other pegs that are supporting her or attaching her to the base. So very, very cleverly done. Then sculpt-wise, we get to Harley herself. And this is the reason that I ended up buying this, is when I had a really good look at the figure itself, and saw I love the detail of the face sculpt. The, The form is just fantastic. And then I saw who sculpted it. And the sculptor is a guy called Jason Smith who is mainly a video game uh, digital sculptor, but also was my favorite sculptor of female Bowen pieces. And I think that he just has a real gift at sculpting fantastic, realistic, or like not over-sexualized female characters, and lovely work on face sculpts as well. So I, it's one of those things where I hadn't really registered sculpture. I don't actually know if there's sculpting credits on the box, but when I looked up who the sculpture was and saw that it was Jason Smith, I, it kind of resonated. Like, ah, oh, I get that style. I, I love the way that he sculpts the female characters. It's just beautifully done. The There's something very – dynamic about this pose and really artful. It's very clean, lovely lines. The way that her legs are sculpted with one uh, extended back, the left leg extended back, the right leg with the knee raised, but it looks so graceful. It's not a contrived, well, it's obviously all contrived because it's a clown chick taking off on a jetpack. But in terms of the actual figure itself, it's not A contrived pose. It's very graceful and natural. There is beautiful movement just in some very small drapery pieces in the fold of the fabric on her right hip. And then also the movement of the tassels of her jester hat, because this is Harley in true classic gear. And then the the collar with the the pom-poms on it, where you can see the movement as she's going through the air. In the left hand, she's holding her cork gun. The cork does not come out, BTWs. Oh, I should say, I take it back. Also, the hands are pieces that you add on as well with the props in it. So you have the, the flames, then the body, sands, head and hands, and then the head and hands. Left hand with the cork gun, right hand with a bomb that says boom on it. And the the level of detail, again, on this is fantastic, both in terms of sculpt and then paint on these smaller pieces. The the face sculpt on this, I just think is beautiful. It is – her eyes are so beautifully sculpted. The mouth, her smile, it is just kind of a joyful expression, not crazy Harley. And the – I think you have to really see it in person to just appreciate how detailed and natural it is. Paint-wise, if I start with the face, and a couple of shows ago, I reviewed the Harley Quinn Expressions Pack from the DC Collectibles Batman animated line, and we talked about the that blue hue that sometimes is in her face makeup. This is definitely a different approach. It's more kind of pinkish, you know, almost flesh, like Caucasian flesh tone. And I quite like it. I think it actually adds a layer of realism or depth to it that the blue tinge doesn't. It makes her look less clownish, you know, and more a a person. And I, I really, really quite like the choices. I actually think that the sculpt of the domino mask and the eyes is part of what really gives it this very lifelike nature. And so that's partly sculpt and then supported by great paint and you know beautifully painted eyes and the depth around the domino mask, etc. It's very, very nicely done. The these are limited editions, so it is a hand-numbered base. The this one I believe is starting to sell out. So if you do want to jump on to this line, I definitely would recommend having a look at it. This is a little bit of a space hog, not width, but height, even with the ability to take the extender piece out. the But without the – you could fit her into a, a Billy bookcase uh, with fairly easily without the um, piece of the – the 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 extra base in it it kind of works quite nicely. So, I think that I like this line. I Joker is up next. Joker's actually out now and I I, I doubt I'll pick up every piece, but in terms of just the depth of the characters that they are showing, a universe building statue line in a non a, a smaller scale than, you know, quarter scale. With characters like Samurai and Martian Manhunter, etc., is this this you know, Bronze Age DC fanboys' dream? If they solicit a Legion statue, I'll probably pass out from delight. So, you know, you really get the the sense that these guys love their their characters and love the universe, and they have stated right from the start that they want this to be the the universe building. DC line, and based on this, I say bring it on, man. I mean, woo. do you think my new statue is pretty?
2: It's very well
0: done.
2: I like how they've made her mouth look wet. And I don't mean that in any sexual way. It's just nice to see someone with an open mouth that actually looks like they have saliva. <laughs> yeah, it's like a bit of gloss in
0: there. Mm. It, it's so it's so nicely done. It just is so for that, particularly for the scale the. The depth and the life that is in that face sculpt and paint is really captivating. And like I said, I I'm looking at my photos now and they capture it but not that there's probably a piece that's kind of missing just with lighting, etc. It's just it's really lovely. I'm I'm really excited. I'm really glad to see Jason Smith doing this work. I know that, you know, his main work is I think he works for Bethesda, like his main work is Oh, digital oh. yeah sculpting and for video game characters it is great to see him doing some of these pieces again and i hope the twitter head gives him more work and that's my review
2: Nice. Awesome. well thank you for that review and uh we will take a short break and come away with a wrap-up of show
1: G-O- Duke's in trouble! Scramble the Storm Eagles! A G.I. Joe Storm Eagle has a hidden water cannon that shoots up to 20 feet! But the Cobra Liquidator's making a splash! And the Parasite's launching catapult missiles! Mobilize the Patriot! It's the G.I. Joe Patriot with a huge mortar cannon that really fires! G.I. Joe Patriot, Storm Eagle, Cobra Parasite, and Liquidator sold separately. I found the Barracuda! But Duke's gone!
0: So glad you could join us! Well, that is us for another show. We will pick up some feedback in our next episode. If you would like to hear your questions or comments read out, then the best way is, of course, to have them tattooed on your body and send us a photo. We owe extra points for that, uh, particularly if you're saying Scott is the best or whatever. But if you're not quite that brave or risk-taking or interested in having... feedback permanently on your body then you could always just put it in an email instead and send it to podcast at actionfigureblues.com you could tweet at it f don't tweet there that I can't guarantee that that won't be porn the tweet to (laughs) at blues only on twitter please don't tweet at af blues on other platforms because I again don't know what will happen Uh, and if you don't use twitter that's totally cool we only slightly judge you. Yeah, you could find us on Instagram, um, and we're mm. not on Snapchat because we're not cool enough. The mm. and and also our voice of youth culture hasn't even suggested it. Like I don't even believe you're really youth. But there you
1: no, go. I, I'm on Laser Crab. A what? Laser Crab? It's the new the new big one. Laser Crab. Yeah. You don't know it. No. <laughs> so you're too old to know it. That's why. mm Hmm. No, no, yeah. I am. Um, I, You know, I work with all these. There's people. a whole bunch of people searching laser crab in the app thing right now, all of a sudden. Well, I assumed it's
0: bullshit, right? Like, yeah, it, it's. Okay, it's cool. right. But maybe you just come up with an
2: idea. Yeah. I came up with another one. Instead of tattooing things on their body, they could just use henna because it will eventually come off. I,
1: I'm yep. pretty sure henna is, there,
0: doesn't it? Henna, what? It's not permanent. Was, it, was this a new app? No, this is about their feedback. Please try and keep up. Oh, okay. I've, well, Millennials, I've been they off. have such short attention spans. Jeez. <laughs> I thought he was saying he invented, like,
1: temporary tattoos.
0: No, Adam invented no. Hannah. You know, pay yeah, that's why it's called Hannah and not Adam. I think that was really selfless of you, because obviously, you know. I know, right? Yeah, it would have been very easy
2: to just call her Adam.
0: Yes, you could have named it after yourself. You'd be totally entitled. Yeah, in there. but no, that's just not how you roll.
2: You just give and not give. It's just until it's... people ask me to stop giving. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> please, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't um, invest in another social media <laughs> platform like right now. I'm trying to my my latest thing with one of my colleagues where we're working on an actual product, and in, instead she's like, you know that we wouldn't have to do all this if I could just work out a way to like download food. So I, I'm actually quite invested in this or just, even if we could just like, you know, print Tim Tams, that would be amazing. Um, so it's kind of like my little, my, my side jam now is trying to work out how to download Did, food.
1: Are you, are you trying to invent the replicator from Star Trek? Look, Sounds like
0: I, it. I don't think that the, the user story is that complex it is really more like I, you know, I don't want to have to go to a the the I, because obviously behind the replicator, there's a lot of work, right? to To be able just to pop out your tea black, you know, like, and I, I don't think that we've got that degree of complexity in mind. It's just like I would really like to download some scrambled right now. So we'll see how we go. We're, we're workshopping. We're workshopping. We're open. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. So we got sidetracked by printing chintzams. So yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh, then there's all trademarky stuff too. You're gonna have to work with Arnott's. Hey, we want to print your biscuits. How do you feel about this?
1: Like whatever. So, no, this.
2: I, yeah. This, this is your Chinese dream. Knockoff.
1: Yeah, this is your dream, Scotty. This is what you wanted to invent the like other, like the blimblams. <laughs>
0: That's right. I want to name the <laughs>
1: instead of Monte Carlos, you can have like the Atlantic Cities. Like
2: <laughs> no, you just call it the Monaco. Oh no, that's an ice cream thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. bastards.
0: Yeah, I see. I'm not ready. I can tell. I'm not ready.
2: I, I just get- want to build <laughs> Skynet. <laughs> just cut to the chase and just build it, and we'll be done with it.
0: I get headhunting stuff all the time. Because apparently, I only just let product managers are hard to, good product managers are hard to find in Melbourne. And so I get stuff all the time going, hey, we'd really love to chat to you. And I'm like, unless this is about downloading food, I'm not interested. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should let these poor people go if they haven't already hung up on us. What do you reckon?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, um, having just finished editing and uploading episode, whatever, where you said that we always end on a sour note, Eddie. I Did I? Just, yes. Oh, you haven't you listened? It's even in the bloopers. I made mm-hmm. you sound amusing and not jerky. So Aww. I want to make sure that we don't end on a sour note tonight. So I just want to say that I really appreciate you. Aw, happy birthday. And you know what? So that we're not being sour, I want to even point out that my birthday is not for like another 20
1: days. Yeah, no, but it's it's a happy note. I was ending well, on a happy note. You didn't say it had to be accurate.
0: But is it happy? Is being wished a happy birthday when it's not your
2: birthday happy? Yeah. It's Adam, a happy, of happy birthday. How do you feel? Yeah, that's all right. I'll make sure I get it again when it's actually closer to my
1: birthday. Yeah. But you told him to be happy, so it's, so it's happy.
2: happy. Yeah, see, like that's happy with a caveat.
0: That's not like genuinely happy. Happy, happy! Well, it's, happy, Chris, happy it's Christmas time.
1: Can I say Merry Christmas? It is not. In your it is. Life. I went to the store and there's like Christmas trees and My... puddings are out. And here we Can are say again. Like, say <laughs> what
2: instead <laughs> of like, are you okay? Could you just swap two letters and make it you are okay? Is that a, a yeah. positive note? Or is that just like calling someone basic? Anyone thought about that? I don't what know. I'm asking. We should just be
0: telling. You, you are, are okay. okay.
2: But then know, people might take that That, that take could that be as like himself. Orwellian, yeah. Like, is that like mm. calling someone basic? Which I think is like a huge compliment because it means that I'm at least close to being up with the times. But oh, wait. other people take it some... as an insult.
0: Sorry, before we go, I do have some feedback to share. It's just come in. This is a comment on the Action Figure Blues blog for a very old post. And Laurie Torres, who's obviously a very real person, says, thanks for sharing amazing information. Six exclamation points. Hyperlink game hacker, Hyperlink Tweetbox, Hyperlink MM Superpatcher.
1: patcher. Who is it from? Oh, a person
0: I'm almost sure I'm going to belch. Wow. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. Whoa. I know. Amazing. <laughs> it's been a busy day. Okay. Um, in
2: five, four, three...